What type of investor are you? We can help you find out. If you're looking for a fun and fast way to jumpstart your investment journey, we have just a thing. Take the What's Your Investment Secret Sauce quiz. Within a few short minutes, you can learn what it is that makes you different from other investors, pointing you in the direction of your dreams and goals. Who knows? This might be the first step of what could be an incredible, life-changing journey. Take the quiz by going to kittysisters.com slash secret sauce. Again, it's kittysisters.com slash secret sauce. You don't have to trade your time for money. So you may be asking, how? Well, we wouldn't be the Kitty Sisters without giving you some concrete steps to show you how to bust out of this trap and starting a life that is more meaningful to you. Hey, I'm Palmy. And I'm Nancy. And together we make the Kitty Sisters. We are apartment syndication experts, entrepreneurs, and real estate investors. Nine years ago, we made a change in our financial futures by ditching the 9 to 5. Discover the joy and security in making money while we sleep. We made this podcast to help high-level entrepreneurs secure their financial future while paying virtually zero tax by utilizing apartment syndication. And we're going to show you how. This is Cashflow Multipliers, the podcast dedicated to your financial freedom for the lifestyle you deserve. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Cash and Multipliers Podcast. Wherever you're tuning in from, we're glad you're here. If you're anything like us, you're probably multitasking right now between work meetings, taking the kid to school, figuring out what for dinner, and when you can finally squeeze, like, squeeze in that, you know, um, cardio time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or our mind, I mean, seriously, our mind are constantly thinking about what's next. Especially the dinner part. That's really <laughs> critical for us. So what is it? Pork shop. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. We'll be first to admit that it's really hard to live in the moment. But honestly, Nan, I blame our totally terrible societal conditioning for our overworked brains and stuff schedules. The hustle culture that we live in, everyone's vying for the moment when you feel like you've made it. Yes. But Palm, what does making it actually mean? Hmm. Hmm. Right? As two people who grind so hard, we basically turn into dust. Where we're here to tell you that the hustle culture is a scam. This is no reward when you're working so hard, you can barely see straight. Oh gosh, I'm with you, Nan. But also bear in mind that it's not so easy to quit and break out of this hustle mindset. Think about it. Our whole lives, we've been conditioned to believe that time is money. Everyone's story is different. Maybe you grew up in a home where your parents spent more time at work than with you. Or you live in a home where resources were scarce, so you had to find a way to pitch in to help with grocery. Or you've been working since you were 14, 15, 16 years old and haven't even stopped since then, right? We get it. Or working to provide is how we were raised too. But we're here to provide a different perspective. Your time does not equal money. In fact, working harder is making you poor. Yep, you heard that right. All those hours you're putting in, the late nights you're sacrificing, and the early mornings to get a head start on emails are not putting you ahead. They're keeping you stagnant. And you wouldn't want to hear this, but also your bank account as well, right? Would you say, Palm, that today's American workers are among some of the hardest working individuals in history? I agree with that statement. And at the same time, they're also seeing their wages simultaneously going stagnant or in decline. Of course, our working conditions are a lot better than the ones documented in the journalist Upton Sinclair, The Jungle. A novel written in 1906 that exposes the harsh and cruel working conditions of the meatpacking industry from the point of view of an immigrant family to America. However, we would argue that the harsh and cruel working conditions have morphed into a hustle and burnout that we're seeing permeate our entire society, starting from the Fortune 500 CEOs to high-level entrepreneurs, trickling down to lawyers, dentists, chefs, teachers, maintenance workers, and so on. Pong, you know I love cooking and baking show, right? 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I know that more than anyone. And I would hear it all the time that those talented chefs sacrifice so much of their time to provide for their families. And all this is done under the guise of professionalism or being a team player. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, Nan, how many of us would say yes to working more knowing that it's not going to further our career? Hmm, I don't think anyone would. I agree with you. Or if it doesn't make us any more money, right? Yes. So no industry really goes unscathed. No profession is completely immune from the burnout of hustle culture. And yet we continue on, all of us, in some way, shape, or form. We are scrutinized by our work performance and measured our value against key performance indicators to make someone else or something else more money. That is so true. And all while knowing that this is deterring our mental and physical being, not to mention driving wedges in our most personal and sacred relationship with those we love and value the most. Yet we are soldier on grinding away and turning our society into a miserable and overwork show of itself. The saddest part, cash multipliers, for us, this mentality won't change. Many people believe that this is a way that they need to live in order to be more prosperous. They just say that they just have to work, what, a little harder, right? <sighs> That's so true. If you're thinking to yourself, well, this episode is already depressing me. <laughs> We get it, right? But it's only to illustrate the severity of this issue. And most importantly, let you know that opposite of what we just described can be true. You don't have to trade your time for money. So you may be asking, how? Well, we wouldn't be the Kitty Sisters without giving you some concrete steps to show you how to bust out of this trap and starting a life that is more meaningful to you. Leave the hustle culture at the door and walk through the other side to experience the sweet relief of financial freedom. Let's get into it. And let's we'll talk to you a little bit more about what we mean by this. Yes. So let's get into a little history, shall we? Oh, you know I love history. <laughs> I know you do. You <laughs> always turn on the YouTube channel and like, his, like his, history stuff. Okay, so let's go. The year was, you know, 1900 and the world was changing and fast, right? For the first time in history, we saw what we recognize as a modern working economy and urban environment as opposed to country. You see, before 1900s, many people did not work in large corporations. Instead, they worked for themselves or for other family members on farms, the family store or other small businesses in the town they grew up in. But the rise of this new phenomenon to work for a large company also became the promise of more stable income and more opportunity. Factory works at that time was, I mean, was thought to be relatively well paid mm -hmm. with a consistent income people could support their family with. Right, Palm? That totally makes sense, Nan. And from an economic standpoint, they recognize that working in a factory produces what they call higher marginal returns. Yes, this means the income a person makes is directly correlated to the number of widgets, piece of clothing, materials they can make, thus putting in more hours to get more pay. Wow, back in the day, it took human to make things, right? There's a human cost. We mm -hmm. now enter a society where efficiency is the name of the game. Take a watch, for example. Constructing a watch at some point took human precision and eye for detail. And now... Well, most of it's probably built by AI and robotic technology, probably not even touching a lot of or even any human hands at all before it hits your wrist. So true. Back in the 50s, 60s, people predicted that the level of efficiency would eventually take over humans and how human would work only 10 hours a week or less since machine would continue to increase and manpower would decrease to produce product. Wow, that would have been kind of nice, right? While this has been the case in some areas, not all areas are we seeing this. In fact, in the last two decades that has followed 1913, the average working hours of Americans dropped from 58 hours to about 37 hours per week. And now, unfortunately, we're seeing a steady uptick in working hours since then. Why is this, right? 
don't we have the technology by now? I mean, we're sending billionaires to space, right? So for <laughs> sure, we can definitely figure out how to reduce the working hours for an average American citizen, right? Yes, we should, right? We have to think, what emerged during this time? Well, that is the middle class emerged and the businesses that really caters to the sector of the middle income consumers. Thus, the vicious cycle starts with these consumers who are now working longer hours around the clock. And these same consumers tend to be the head of household, the mom and dads, thus creating our business that caters to the schedule by opening on weekends and later into the night. Lo and behold, the 24-7 air permeates our work and life culture. It has become the expectation that today's employers are to take the weekend calls and answer late night's email. If you can go to Taco Bell at 1 a.m. so you can also reply to the Slack message, right? <laughs> Both can be done easily on your phone, right or wrong? Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Sadly, our society's salacious need for convenience and ease has a dire consequence for the society itself. We have upped the expectation for ourselves. Amazon Prime two-day shipping, not fast enough. Try oh, yeah. two hours via drone. <laughs> Food delivery in 20 or 30 minutes. Make that 15 or you'll get a wrath of a one-star review. Okay, that's palm. Actually, that's not me. <laughs> I always give people five stars because I understand it's their, they, they work for it. So I would never, even if they don't treat us that well, I would never give yeah, them a one-star. Yeah, sometimes it takes like longer than 15 minutes for sure. Like sometimes like an hour and a half. Yeah, we're going oh. to leave that for a separate podcast uh, Yes. <laughs> we now work longer hours, sit in more traffic and come home to do chores, make dinner, take care of the kids and try to squeeze in a few hours of sleep every single day. And that two day weekend starts to feel a long, like a, as long as a sneeze. Like seriously, this is, of course, if you're not working during it. Do you see the slippery slope of more in demand society creating a more on demand workforce to serve it? Mm hmm. So if you're sitting there thinking, that you really this reality is pretty pathetic and you may say like, hey, but you know what? We're getting paid more, right? Be even though we're working these unimaginable hours. Wrong, Wrong again. again. <laughs> Let's explain what this means by looking to the macro level. When we look at the nations that are part of the Organizations for Economic Cooperations and Development, OECD, you'll notice that the wealthiest country have the lowest working hours. Coincidence? We don't think so. Let's take a look at Germany, home of our favorite car, beer and bread. Us more <laughs> bread than beer, but... <laughs> I'm like, ooh. Germany is the wealthiest nation in Europe with a workforce that only works 1,363 hours average per year. Now, the next tier down is the Netherlands, Denmark, Norway that trails behind by about 1,500 hours per year for, for their workforce. The U.S., we work an average of 1,783 hours per year. <gasps> That's a lot, right? So what's the difference? Work culture. So would you believe that in Germany and other wealthy European nations, efficiency is highly valued and less value is placed on the customer and putting them on a pedestal so the workers are expected to not have to break their backs to meet their needs. Instead, it's the workers who are celebrated and praised for not working longer hours around the clock, but rather they look and try to see how much they can get done in the least amount of time and effort. In fact, these European cultures frown upon putting in overtime because they view putting in extra hours to complete the same task as a sign of inefficiency rather than the badge of honor that we really see in the U.S. What? You couldn't complete that presentation to stakeholder in less than a few hours? You really thought you were doing something but adding extra slides and information until midnight, didn't you? Nan, <laughs> did you know that in Germany, if you were want to impress your boss, you have to do so by working more efficiently in less time 
rather than sending a text or email over the weekend or at midnight. Oh. So what does this look like for the U.S.? It honestly reminds me of that meme that was going around for a while that reads, the U.S. is just a developing country with a Gucci belt on. Woohoo, right? <laughs> the Gucci belt. In my humble opinion, we really aren't progressing in any significant way when it comes to work-life balance like other countries are. While U.S. workers are putting in more hours, the macroeconomic sense, I mean, in macroeconomic sense, they are less productive per hour they are working. So true, Nan. We are a culture of workers working towards results rather than rewards. We hope for reward, better pay, bigger house, and more flexible schedules. But we're really not getting those. In Europe, even if people wanted to pick up a second job, they probably could because they're far more refreshed and efficient in the time that they put in. Yeah, so in America, people pick up second jobs so they can afford Christmas gifts, which we don't see any major shift in American working culture happening soon, right? On a macro level, perhaps the answer for the U.S. workforce lies in how we make our money. Cash flow multipliers, if you take time to pause, think, and strategize on how to pursue a greater opportunity to build a better life for ourselves, we might realize that the answer can be from having a better investment strategy, knowing the market and what assets have high returns. All this is to say that these are strategies that will help you grow your wealth rather than drain you from working till you die. There's another way, another option for sure. Palm, does it involve moving to Germany? No, unless you really want to. Germany is not involved. <laughs> okay, so let's get down and dirty with what we mentioned at the top of this episode that will help you escape this rat race for real. The first step to any change start with your mind. Your mind is a muscle and for so long, we've been working with that muscle to believe money is the most valuable resource. But how wrong are we? We must value our time and treat it as the most valuable non-renewable resource it truly is. Don't easily forsake time in the name of grind because you think it's necessary to make more money. This is an interesting point. No one ever looks back on their life wishing they had worked more. They wish that they have lived more. It all starts in your mind. Start believing better for yourself. Start believing you don't have to trade your time for money to reach any level of success. Start believing you are capable of more. Moving on, the Kitty Sisters' second piece of advice is going to require you to face some hard truths. For starters, you're not going to escape the rat race cardio by saving 10% of your income every month. Sad, but hmm. true. Simply put, there's no amount of money that you can store away for a rainy day that will provide you with the financial freedom that you deserve after working so hard for so many years. And you shouldn't be foolish enough to believe your company pension plan or the government will take care of you when you're older. Those fallback plans are never guaranteed. Dear cash flow multipliers, here's when we say that you need to set up your own clear roadmap, strategies, and tactics that will bust you out of this rat race wheel so that your life and your time will be based on your schedule, not your bosses, not your customers, not your clients. The wealthiest people aren't afraid to be specific with their goals, and neither should you. Yep, being wealthy is a matter of setting specific goals and pursuing that goals with specific actions. And take it from us, you can do this. Next, do you want to start making some serious money? This is not a trick question here. Yes. <laughs> then get serious with your routine. Wealthy people are built differently. They're disciplined, dedicated, and driven. Absolutely. And it doesn't always involve money. How we live and move about in this world directly correlates to how we view and take care of ourselves. What are your morning habits like? What are your evening routines like? No one is asking you to take on the Tony Robbins 4 a.m. wake-up calls and eat raw eggs for breakfast. Unless you're that kind. I mean, you kind of like that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. No way, right, Pong? No. But maybe you're a journal junkie. Or a manifestation maven. Yep. 
Whatever healthy habits you set in place for the care, we promise will permeate into how you build wealth. And it starts with habits. Up next, get ready for some get rich quick. (laughs) Of course, there is no such thing as get rich quick foolproof plan, right? However, when you start investing in multifamily apartment real estate through a vehicle that we love, like apartment syndication, get ready to see your profit skyrocket. Long gone are the days of 3 to 4% race, right? We're talking about potentially hitting that 15, 50, 100% return on your investment within the lifespan of your investment. And those are just some rookie numbers. Focus your efforts on things that will help you increase your output without having to sacrifice your time or inputting more hours, aka think like the Germans. Be more efficient with the same 24 hours that we are given. Lastly, here's a misconception most people won't tell you. Getting rich is not just about increasing your income. Absolutely not. The true secret to wealth is building sustainable equity. This is the beauty and the joy that comes with multifamily apartment syndication. You're able to put your money out there so it can work for you 24-7. And when it does come back, you're going to see it in forms of returns because money in the right hand multiplies and fast. Of course, there are many steps to get to this place to see those returns come back your way. And luckily for you, you're tuning into the right podcast if you want to take a deeper dive. One of those crucial steps is working with the right sponsorship team. Working with the right sponsorship team is like being on the ultimate all-star team. Think the ultimate girls group consisting of great like Beyonce, Gaga, and Adele, all dedicating to preserving and growing your wealth. Of course, all this is done while you're focusing on spending your newfound efficient freedom, relaxing, resting, and recuperating before the next big deal. After all, you're a big deal yourself and you're well worth the wealth you bring in. Cash multipliers, as always, we love hanging out and being with each and every one of you. If you found this episode helpful, hit that share link with our friend and don't forget to leave us some glowing review because we love to read them wherever you're streaming from. But you guys don't have to miss this for too long because you can definitely check us out on Instagram at the Kitty Sisters or thekittysisters.com where you can learn more about how to invest with us. Yes. So until next time, cash flow multipliers. We can't wait to begin this journey with you. Check us out at thekittysisters.com slash podcast.